This is the Music Mentor Podcast. What is going on, my friends? This is Damien, your host of the Music Mentor Podcast, and welcome to episode number 217. On this week's episode, I wanted to share a very quick and simple yet incredibly effective metronome hack that hopefully is going to elevate your practicing and it's going to make it much more interesting and enjoyable and challenging all at the same time. And it's something that I struggled with. And then until it finally dawned on me and I discovered this trick, I embraced this much more. But I'll get to that in a second. But as always, uh, first of all, I hope you're all handling this incredibly difficult time really well. I know monetizing our craft is especially hard nowadays, so I hope you're staying with a positive mental attitude and as active as possible, or you're taking this time to reflect and all that good stuff. But before I get started, and I I beg for forgiveness because it's pouring rain where I'm at right now, you might be able to hear some of that stuff, and I'm, I've been having technical difficulties the past couple of days. So hopefully this will work. But anyhow, before I get started, as always, I want to give a massive shout out to the wonderful companies that I endorse, um, that I'm very much aware that they're not going through the easiest of times, but I want to send my love anyway, not to promote their product, but to show how much I, I, I love them and respect them. And I'm so thankful to have them along the ride in my career. Zildjian Cymbals, Vader Drumsticks, LP Percussion, Gibraltar Hardware, Remo Drumheads, Simpat Accessories, Yucca Tape, U Bases by Kala Brand, and of course, Nirvana Handpans, especially their Acolyte models, which I'm using a lot. And last but not least, Ultimate Ears, in-ear monitors, the best in the game. And if you are looking to um, get your in-ear game together and all that other stuff when this is all over, reach out to me and I'll give you more details, but I can give you a 20% discount and I shall talk about that when the time is right. And I want to give a massive shout out to my brother, Joe Lester, um, who works for Ultimate Ear. So I'll give him all, I'll give you all his details later on. So one of the things that I I'm aware of is that everybody is practicing or trying to practice or sort of the, the global musician consciousness seems to be focused on practicing and one of the things that you can never practice enough in my opinion is it has to do with time rhythm in your meter and it's something that believe it or not as a drummer and percussionist it's something that I felt like I've struggled with in the past I don't feel necessarily that uh, tempo and meter and the internal clock is my strong point and through the years I've I, I saw metronome or I shouldn't say through the years when I was beginning I always saw the metronome as this enemy because I couldn't play along to it I didn't like it I didn't like the beep of it I didn't even know how to program the, the metronome that I had and all these other things so it became this thing where it was really really troublesome and I disliked it a lot and it was just a constant reminder that I wasn't on time that my time wasn't good I was rushing I was dragging sometime I was right on beat number two consistently but beat number three I was rushing and beat number four I was dragging and so on and so forth and a million other things so obviously one of the 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 exercises that you sort of discover maybe far further along in your career is something as simple as displacing the metronome so the beat 
what you hear, the beep, I should say, is not on beats number one, two, three, or four if we're playing a four, 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 excuse me, a four, four bar. So one of the things that, you know, I've been taught before and I was um, aware of was, again, displacing that beep and maybe playing it in the different 60 notes possible. So sometimes on the downbeat, sometimes on the E, sometimes on the and, and sometimes on the uh. And that's all fine and dandy, and I thought it was really cool and really easy, and I'm like, okay, great, awesome. And then I would start the metronome, and I had a very easy time with the, obviously, the downbeats, and um, it was easy for me to displace the metronome by just counting the beeps as the and. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that all of you are aware of what subdivisions are or 60-note subdivisions. So to give you an example, if I have a metronome at 60 BPM, and this is what it sounds like, right? Obviously, I would count the beeps as my downbeats, right? So I would go one, two, three, four in the subdivisions, one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a. So if I wanted that beep to be on the ands, all I had to do was count that beep as an and, or say the word and, and then count the numbers, right? And one and two and three and four and one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a, right? That's how I would sort of get into the track or jump into that horse, so to speak. But it became really difficult for me when I was trying to put that beep on the E's or on the A's. Very difficult. And it's still something that I really dislike doing. And I'm sorry, I've kept the metronome going. So I always struggled and it was like such a pain in my ass and I never got it right. And I was like sort of making up, not making up for lost time, but I felt like I was like dragging and rushing and then I was focusing on the thing and it, it never felt like I was on the downbeat or I was counting properly and any of that stuff. So um, it was very difficult. So I'll just do an example of it because I'm pretty sure I'm going to fail. So if I wanted, I want the beeps to be on the E's, for example, and I, I go for the same principle as E and a one, E and a two, E and a three, E and a four, E and a one. So now that felt pretty easy, actually pretty good. Um, Murphy's Law, of course, or the uhs, right? Um, so let's just say, again, that's the uh, 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 one, E and a uh, two, E and a uh, three, E and a uh, four, E and a. Uh. So actually that wasn't that bad. But my point is that the way, when I understood that the easiest way to do that was for me to basically press the click button or start the metronome on the syllable that I was singing, everything fell into place way easier and it just made my life much more enjoyable. And I know this is silly and I know this could sound like, well, this should be something super basic and second nature, but the reality is that it's not and it wasn't for me. And I need these little things to help my practicing be much more enjoyable because if this is going to be a difficult thing or this adversity thing, I'm not going to practice as much as as I as I know I could. And I know this happens with a lot of things with my students and, and other people. So to give you an example, first of all, what I do is regardless of the of, of this tempo, I start the metronome, right? And I try to get sort of the foundation of the of the subdivisions, right? One E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a. So I have that in my head. And then if I want the the metronome to go on the ands, I just start it on the and. 
one e and uh, two e and uh, three e and uh, four e and uh. so I hit the start button of the metronome on whichever syllable I want. However, I start it and I sort of try to get that rhythm in my head or the tempo in my head by hearing it and counting it the normal way, seeing that as my down uh, as my uh, downbeat. One e and uh, two e and uh. so let's just say I want it on the e. One e and uh, two e and uh, three e and uh, four e and uh, one e and uh, two e and uh, three e and uh, four e and. So those things, in my experience, overcoming these little things that they're they're almost like embarrassing. Like oh my god, how did I not know this? Uh, an equivalent to let's just say a guitar player would be not playing, not having good vibrato, for example. Like, how do you not have good vibrato or something like that? Or a bass player not playing the note at uh, the, uh, the right part of the fret, you know, and, and, and it not staying in tune or not sounding as pure as, of a note as you could uh, be sounding and all these other things. So what I wanted to show you with this, aside from potentially making a fool out of myself and, and putting myself in a very vulnerable situation, so to speak, is that we're surrounded by these things in our practice that they, they could be hacked and they can be demystified and it could allow you to not have to worry about them and then enjoy your practicing much, much, much more. The more you enjoy the practice, the more you want to do it, the more you'll, results you'll see in turn and, and so on and so forth. It's, it's, it's a cycle and it's a gift that keeps on giving. So I'm curious to know if there are things of, in practicing that you have hacked or things that you have discovered that they were very difficult for you at one point, but they're not anymore. And share them with me. I would love to, to share them with other people. And of course, I would love to learn what you have to say and apply them to my practice, of course. Thank you so much for listening. This was the Music Mentor Podcast.